Don't you really just want to be happy? However we define happiness, it is something that most people want. Whether we're feeling happy like right now in this very moment, or trying to numb our unhappiness, or maybe we're chasing hard after that thing we think is going to bring us happiness, the pursuit of happiness permeates much of life. But how much is too much? When does it go too far? When is it toxic to be positive? Welcome to an owner's guide for your life. The podcast that combines psychology, coaching, common sense, and fun. I'm Tracy Browning, an entrepreneur, life coach, and lover of people. Now, let's talk about how to live, love, make money, and change the world. Hey, I'm glad you're here. This is episode nine, and we're talking today about toxic positivity. We've all been there. You lose something you love, a person, a pet, a job, and you're grieving for your loss. And there are well-meaning people around you, and they care about you. And they say things like, it could be worse, or count your blessings, or look on the bright side. Oh, and here's a favorite. Everything happens for a reason. And how do you feel now? Well, you feel worse. They're trying to help you feel better, but you feel worse. You've got feelings like grief and anger and fear. You're unsure of your future and you feel sad. But now you're being told to look past those feelings, just overlook them and focus on the positive. This is toxic positivity. When we focus on having a positive mindset, no matter what, it's positivity at the expense of all our other feelings, being positive at any cost. Toxic positivity has us denying reality, and that's not healthy. Now, I want to be clear about something. I love being positive. It's my natural bent. I'm an optimist. It's just easier for me to smile and be upbeat than not. I'd rather smile than frown. I'm just like that. I like to look at the bright side of life, and I like to feel good but not at the expense of all my other feelings. I believe that what I focus on flourishes, and I believe that positive energy attracts more positive energy into my life. So of course I want more positive energy. Who wouldn't? And if you want help finding silver linings, I'm your girl. But I'm also really good at sitting quietly or thoughtfully helping you process something that makes you uncomfortable. I'm good at helping people with the hard stuff in life. They're not mutually exclusive, these feelings, this ability. You can feel sad and hopeful. You can be frustrated and determined. You can have positive and negative things going on. Now, here's a personal example from my own life. Years ago, many years ago, 
I had my first miscarriage. I was in my early, early days of my first trimester. Um, It was my first pregnancy. And my husband and I were, oh my gosh, we were so excited. But on that day when they couldn't find the baby's heartbeat, it was devastating. And over the next weeks, as we grieved the loss of a child that we'd never hold, someone said this to us. They said, you're young. You've got plenty of time to have more babies, which was true. It turned out to be true. Years later, we wound up with three sons. But at the time, that didn't help me recognize and it didn't help me cope with my sadness and my loss. Now, someone else, actually, I think it was probably more than one person said this, too, to me and my husband. Oh, think of all the fun you're going to have trying to get pregnant again, (laughs) which that also was not helpful. I did not want to think about sex when I'm grieving my baby. Oh, now these people, they wanted to help me feel better. They weren't trying to hurt me. But you know, in our society, we are pretty uncomfortable with discomfort. And it can be hard to know what to say to someone who's hurting. So, you know, so many times we're just like, well, just look on the bright side, kind of comforting, instead of simply saying, I'm sorry you're hurting, or even sitting there quietly. We want to solve a problem, and we want to move as fast as we can into goodness, instead of just being there. Well, you know that a topic's hit the mainstream when Newsweek has an article about it. And just the other month, Newsweek published this article called How Toxic Positivity Affects Us. And we all know we live in the society where social media is huge. It's pervasive. And it sure doesn't help with this overwhelming culture of be positive at any cost. We've got influencers We've got our own friends. You know, we expect to see this over-the-top happiness and this polished perfection when we see a commercial or we see an ad. So we're a, a little bit more on guard with that. But influencers don't feel like ads. I mean, they're in our Instagram feeds right there beside our friends. And they show us polished perfection. There's happy lives and there's no room for negativity. And even our regular folks that we know, most of us are out there sharing our high spots, not the low spots. So we all wind up, we're comparing our behind the scenes mess that we're intimately acquainted with. We know every bit of all the crap we deal with. We're comparing that to their filtered, photoshopped highlight reels. And it's an unfair comparison. It's apples to oranges, but our brains don't see it that way, so our hearts don't feel it that way. So what do we do when we're confronted by toxic positivity? The most important piece of advice I can give you is to feel what you feel. Emotions themselves, they aren't good or bad. They just are. It's our thoughts about them. It's the stories we tell ourselves about our feelings and what's going to happen because we feel this way. And that's what turns them into positive and negative. 
and toxic positivity tends to label feelings very quickly, positive, negative, good or bad. And, and difficult feelings feel bad. And if it's bad, we just need to ignore it or rush through the feeling to get on to the other side. Now, some typical responses to, to difficult emotions tend to be three things here. Bottle it, brood, or bust through it. Now, you know what it looks like when somebody's bottling their emotions. Now, it's pretty easy to picture a guy who's, you know, got the beet red face and his teeth are clenched and his jaws tight. He's like physically clamping his body down around his anger, you know. And then what happens? We know, you know, you bottle enough, it's going to explode. Somebody who's brooding over their feelings, it's all they want to think about. There's no room for looking up for the positive because they're consumed with looking in. And when I think of somebody busting through, I think of like walking into a spider web. You feel it across your face and you're like frantically wiping and flinging it away from you. And then you're like scrubbing your head and your face just to be sure there's not a spider hanging out. You're not wasting time. You're not lingering around. You get it out and off as fast as you can. So that bottle, brood, or bust through, they aren't the only responses, but they're pretty frequent. And they tend to be very rigid. It's a rigid response to emotions. Now, the alternative is to be agile in responding to your emotions. To take time to experience what you're feeling and act in ways that serve you. Dr. Susan David, she's a Harvard psychologist and a business consultant. She says, I love this quote, emotions are data not directives. Let's say it again. Emotions are data, not directives. So be curious about what your emotions are telling you. She calls them signposts. I know directional signs that lead you somewhere. They're not commandments written in stone. Your feelings are telling you something about something you need and what you value. You're not at the mercy of your feelings. You can explore them and decide what you want to do with what you find. Now, there are studies that show that denying our feelings leads to more stress on our body, and it makes it harder to avoid the distressing thoughts and feelings. Now, there's one study I'll tell you about quickly. They showed video of disturbing medical procedures. And then they measured stress responses of the participants, like their heart rate and how dilated their pupils got and how much they sweated. <laughs> so fun stuff. So they had two groups and they gave different instructions to each group. One group was told, watch these procedures and just let your emotions show. Now the other group was told, watch this, but act like nothing's bothering you. Now, would it surprise you at all to hear that the group who was told, act like nothing's bothering you, they had significantly more physiological arousal. So it's like the ducks in the pond behind my house. You know, they look calm and cool and collected on the surface, but they're paddling frantically below the surface. Now, these types of studies, they show us that expressing our range of emotions 
even the not so positive ones, even the difficult ones, it helps us regulate our stress response. But toxic positivity, it doesn't encourage you to explore your emotions. It discourages you from feeling anything except positive feelings. And that's not practical. It's not realistic. It completely flies in the face of what normal life is like with ups and downs and ebbs and flows. Now, <laughs> there's a phrase used with its acceptance and commitment therapist, ACT. This phrase they call having dead people's goals. Anything a corpse can do better than a living person is a dead people goal. Never yelling, not overeating, don't feel depressed. You get the idea? We don't want dead people goals. We want living people goals. Now remember, it's up to you to decide what to do with your feelings. And when you own your life, you get to decide how to respond to the things people say, what to do in your circumstances, what actions to take in response to your thoughts and feelings. You are responsible for your life. You decide what to do with the things people say, even the well-meaning ones who only want us to not hurt and to feel better. Feelings, the fun, light, easy ones, and the difficult, heavy, deep ones. They're all part of our human existence. They make life rich and complex and worthwhile. I want to end with this story I heard the old farmer saying a prayer at his church breakfast. He starts off saying, Lord, I don't like buttermilk. And I'll just, as a side note, tell you, that is not how a typical prayer starts. <laughs> but he says, Lord, I don't like buttermilk. And you know, I'd spit out a spoonful of Crisco shortening. And I sure don't eat plain white flour by itself. But when you mix it all up and bake it in the oven, turns out some mighty fine biscuits. And I do like biscuits. So Lord, help me remember when life is hard and I don't like what's happening right now, that you just might be making me some mighty fine biscuits. Toxic positivity would have us missing out on the mighty fine biscuits of life. So take the time to feel what you feel and see where it takes you. Thanks for listening. I'd be honored if you'd share my podcast with a friend. Now, let's go live, love, make some money, and change the world. <laughs>